It's about that time for the Nosebleed Seats, the show everyone can afford to listen to. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo. And it's time for a little bit of Cowboys Conversation. Excellent! The Cowboys have swept the Philadelphia Eagles. Holla, holla, holla. 29-23 in overtime. Five in a row. Get out the way. Move. Get out the way. The Cowboys are backing up the tow trucks, and they are taking the NFC East with them, baby. Eight and five. One win away from clinching the NFC East and booking a trip back. To the playoffs. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We five and oh, hold up. Five in a row, hold up. <laughs> we Wait a more. Yeah, baby. Oh, my lord. Oh, Amari Cooper, put your balls in my mouth, brother. Holy Amari Christmas, baby. Amari Cooper, an unbelievable second half and overtime is the best way to say that. Because that dude was pretty much shut out in the first half, but he comes out when it matters most. Ten catches, 217 yards, three titties. Count them, three touchdowns. Not one, not two, but three. Career, Career high, three touchdown receptions for Amari Cooper. Dak Prescott. Oh, my goodness. Did he throw for 300 yards? You bet your ass he did. Did he throw for 400 bleeping yards? No way. 455 yards for Dak Prescott. Cool it. Three touchdown passes all to Amari. However, Dak did have three total turnovers, two picks and one fumble, and that alone kept Philadelphia in this football game. So you take the good and you take the bad with Dak. And I'm sitting there the whole game watching the Cowboys not be able to score in the red zone. But, man, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking to myself, this defense is the best freaking defense in football, man. They are so damn good. And it's literally at every level. The defensive line's getting pressure, whether it's Lawrence, whether it's Gregory, and you're taking the good with the bad with good old Randy, too, because that dude's going to get himself a personal foul or three every game. But he's getting to the quarterback, and Tyron Crawford should be a pro bowler this year. Damn, Tyrone. He is playing phenomenally well inside where he should be playing all the time. Defensive tackle, he's had to kick out and play end a lot throughout his career due to really just an inefficient amount of, of serviceable bodies to play the position, but he is so much better when he's kicked inside playing defensive tackle. Malik Collins is balling out. Antoine Woods is killing it. We talk all the time about Jalen Vander Esch, the Smith and Layton duo that is just taking over the league. And in the secondary, on the back end, Byron Jones all year has been statistically maybe the best corner in football. And then you got Anthony Brown playing great. Cheeto's playing great. Man, that defense is so darn good. Now, yes, they allowed 23 points in the second half. Is that a little concerning? No. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of those were all off terrible Dak Prescott turnovers, one of which the Eagles took over at the two-yard line. First play, quick slant, bam. 
Alshon Jeffrey touchdown. Then they want to celebrate when they're losing and they've done absolutely nothing all game. And Demarcus Lawrence and Tyron Crawford didn't take too kindly to it. I loved that. F you, Philly. Why don't you learn your place in the cellar of the NFC East and underneath the boot of the Dallas Cowboys, you dirty Philadelphia scum? I'll tell you, I actually really like that. I never, I'd never really seen now since the NFL's allowing players to celebrate and do the cool things. I've never seen the opposing team jump in and say, no, 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 you're not going to celebrate. Not in my house. Not in the Hot Boys crib. No, sir. I thought that was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. So, a lot to go over here. Clearly, a win's a win's a win. Um, Especially in the division. No doubt. And the Cowboys now improve to 4-1 in the division. Uh, obviously, the lone loss coming out Washington, and they play the Giants in the season finale in New York. So that'll be their last game. They swept the Eagles, they split the series against the Redskins, and they've beaten the Giants on opening day. So they'll get New York in New York, and the Giants are playing better football now. But you look at the remainder of the Cowboys' three games, they're at Indianapolis, they're at home against Tampa Bay, and they're at New York. They've just got to win one of those games, and they're clinching the division. I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if they're not if they if they lose all three of those. I mean, you'd think that they're going to win at least at least one of those three, if not all those three or two out of the three, but they should get one and they should be champions of the NFC East and probably the 4 seed in the NFC unless something happens and Chicago loses a couple games, but we'll see what happens there. But this game against Philadelphia, while yeah, Dak deserves some criticism, no doubt. He's making some mistakes uh, that that he really shouldn't be. The fumbles are killing me. Yeah. The fumbles are killing me. I can live with the interception to uh, in the first one in the end zone when he's trying to hit Amari Cooper, who was open. He just needs to put a little bit of air under that ball, float it over the top, mm-hmm. and it's a touchdown. Had the right idea. Whatever, it's fine. The second interception was horrible. Amari's wide open. He completely sails him. Um, and it was returned, obviously, the two-yard line, sets up the Eagles' first touchdown. And then the fumble, the fumbles have become an issue. You know, we talk all about Dak Prescott, and that was the whole narrative this offseason, right? Well, he's not a good fit with Des Bryant because he's a turnover-reverse quarterback. Well, now the dude, well, yeah, he threw two picks. He still hasn't thrown a ton of picks, but the fumbles are becoming a trend. Yeah. That's my biggest concern right now are are the fumbles. Well, and it starts with the pocket awareness for him because he starts – he thinks he's got all day. Then he starts scrambling around, looking around, running all over the place like he's playing backyard football. And you kind of got to live and die by it because sometimes he makes incredible plays where he runs for a first down or a touchdown or he sees somebody running deep doing a scramble drill and he can freaking throw it to him and it's beautiful. Other times he fumbles the ball and the Eagles take over at the two-yard line. So that to me, the pocket awareness, the internal clock to know get rid of it whether it's throw it away or throw it to somebody or take off and go. But his first reaction is usually to, it's not just take off, it's usually to start looking around, you know, peeking around, and then start going backwards and going in circles, and the ball's going to come out when you're holding it with one hand and you got five big-ass dudes coming there trying to swipe it from you. It's going to happen. No doubt. You're right. You're right. And you live, you live and you die with Dak. And, you know, this game was, again, a very Dak-like game. Uh, for three quarters. Except for the 455 yards. Well, the yardage, sure. And even balls. statistically, the first half was not pretty, but statistically he had a great half. He was like 20 of 24, something great. 22 of 26. I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't ever thrown for 455 yards in his... It was definitely a career in high. His, no, I mean even in college. Uh, probably not. 
I think he has a better chance of of running for 455 yards in college than throwing for 455 yards. And I bet he probably didn't do it in high school. This is probably a career day yards-wise for Dak. It was a career day for Dak. Way to go, bro. It was a career day. And the thing with Dak Prescott is, and people, you know, you can point out all the negatives, and I hear you, but there's something to be said about having confidence in your quarterback and feeling really good about your situation if it's a, a, a... drive at the end of the fourth quarter or in overtime to win the football game, I just feel confident with Dak. It's just like, look, it, the, this is when he performs. He can suck for three quarters. He can suck for three and a half quarters. But if he keeps you in the football game and he's got a chance to win it, he's typically going to pull through. Whatever it is, he can be playing like absolute poo. He can look like Mark Sanchez out there. And then all of a sudden, he looks like Tom Bleepin' Brady when it matters the most. Yeah, and that and that's certainly his the intangibles that he brings to the table is his strength, no question. Uh, I do have uh, some good DAC news for you as well. This is from John Owning on Twitter. Philadelphia blitzed him seven times. DAC went six of seven for 78 yards and a touchdown on those seven blitzes. Wow, very, very impressive there for DAC. Um, the one play that I saw, I think it was Machoa tweeted out. Machota. Machota. There's a T in there. There's a T in there? There's yeah. a Machota. Uh, he tweeted out about Amari Cooper talking about the the long 75-yard touchdown right, off the, right, right after the Eagles scored, uh, and the Cowboys come back to retake the lead. One play, bam, Dak to, to Amari, just a niner out. Finally made a beautiful throw. He'd missed a couple to Gallup, missed a couple to Amari, definitely to Gallup more so, though. Um, that should have been walk-in scores, but he finally hits this one to Cooper. And initially, the play call was probably what had been all game to run a comeback or a slant for Amari Cooper. Yeah, and he's it was saying, all stops. It was everybody running oh, stop. Yeah. He's saying, I'm frustrated Went and annoyed. It's not going to work. And Dak just says, just do it, bro. Just run it, bro. That's what Dak does. And he gets to the line of scrimmage. He surveys the defense, and he realizes, oh, well, maybe Amari's on to something here. Gives him the little signal. Amari takes off. Dak has time, steps up, sees it, and just rips it home. <laughs> and Amari Cooper Whew. delivers the goods. One, it's a total bleep you, Scott Linehan, and I love it. His love bleep it. you, Scott Linehan, and his quotes after the game were a little bleep you, Scott Linehan. And you know what? And I don't even think that like he was really intending to do so, but he was he was just speaking honestly. He was just being honest, yeah. But all the fans are taking it and running with it as they should because it's true. Scott Linehan is god awful, man. He is so bad, and I'm really hoping that a play like that now says to Dak, okay, I feel a little more confident. Dak still nine times out of ten is going to stick with what the play is called. Let me start doing what Tony did. Tony's like, all right, I'll take your play. I know it's probably not going to work. I got a better one. Let's go do it. And I don't think it's going to happen all the time, but I do think there will be situations in the football game where Dak now says, all right, this isn't a good play call. That's not a good route. I see different coverage. I'm going to believe in what I see, and I'm going to believe in my guy, Amari, Cole, Hearns, Gallup, whoever it is. And by the way, let's give credit to these tight ends. Jarwin, man. These tight ends who have really been average at best all year long, they stepped up. Dalton Schultz made a couple nice snags there in the fourth quarter in overtime. Blake Jarwin, great game. Those tight ends stepped up and played well, especially without Jeff Swaim now for the foreseeable future. Credit them. But I really hope that, that that play right there could be the start of Dak having a little bit more freedom in terms of checking out of a terrible Scott Linehan play. 
I still just marvel at the trust and chemistry between Amari and Dak. I mean, it's incredible to me, and I don't understand how when when Amari's running deep down the field, he somehow can figure out how to put it on him. If Gallup's running wide open, not quite there. I just don't understand how Dak's throwing dime balls to old Amari Cooper, except for when it's at the end of the game and he almost gets picked off in overtime to lose it. But thank God Amari saved the day. Um, other than that, he's money ball to Amari. And then Gallup's out there doing his best. He's he's recovering from the flu or whatever the hell he had this week. I mean, Gallup's, there. Gallup's like a 7-Eleven 2.0. Seems like the guy's always open. I know. I know. Gallup's Dak doing his can, job. Dax can rarely seem to connect with him. And then Amari Cooper, same thing. Yeah, let's go ahead. I'll hit you on the money, brother. It is strange, but it, it, it's incredible it's the, beautiful, the rapport man. that the two of them have together. It is. It's beautiful. And watching Amari Cooper play, I mean, every single week, he's giving the middle finger to John Gruden and the Raiders, and he's making the Joneses look like absolute geniuses with the move to give up a first-round pick for him. There's two separate credits I want to give, and I know we, we rail on the coaching a lot, and I know Linehan, and I'm all for him getting canned at the end of the year, um, or today, whatever works best, but... Um, the offense, I think, in the red zone, even though they struggled putting the ball in the end zone, and that is a, a major concern a huge for the concern. Cowboys. I mean, you guys move the ball up and down the field like no problem. I mean, it's it's beautiful. And then you get down inside the 20, and you guys just become constipated, and it's a shame. But I, I would say, at least for this game, when I was looking at it, the plays you guys were running in the red zone were very similar to the plays I would want you to run. You get down there, I want Zeke to get a shot. Oh, we only got one yard. Okay, now we got to figure it out. Okay, we're going to do a, a, a Dak sort of read option, let him get out there and run it. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, we do the Dak draw play. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, I mean, you're doing everything I really want you to do when you're down here. Things just aren't really working, and that seems more execution than coaching from that perspective. So that's just the one little coaching thing I want to say. Hey, from plays-wise, I can't criticize the play calling. It's not like they went down there and just tried – to you know, don't give the ball to Zeke or don't do the things that that work in the red zone for you, like Dak running the ball. They tried that kind of stuff. There's one play, and I agree with you. There's one play that they, that I didn't see run, and that was the play that worked for Amari Cooper's first touchdown as a Cowboy against the Titans on Monday Night Football, that, that where he does that that or... little slant in and then breaks out. Yeah, and then he's able to just kind of cheat inside the pylon. Cole Beasley runs it a ton. Yeah, I didn't see that at all. That's true. I That's think they true. need to incorporate Amari Cooper. They do it all over the field great now, but we need to get him involved a little bit more in the red zone. Okay. That's and that's also criticism. an area where I know Rico Gathers just hasn't seemed to find a role on this football team, but that's still a guy as big as Rico Gathers is. I don't know why you can't try and make him more of a weapon mm-hmm. once you get inside the 10 and the 5-yard line. I hear you. Um, the other one that I wanted to give credit to is just Zeke in general, obviously, because he's the man and he's the workhorse. Uh, but at the end of that game, when Garrett decides to go for it on fourth down in overtime. Ballsy. And that it was it was more than, it was fourth and one, but it was more very like fourth ballsy. and a oh, very, very long one. It was a long one. They hand it to Zeke. They do what everybody wants you to do. This is how we're built. Give it to Zeke. It's fourth and one. Come on, Coach Garrett. He does what everybody wants him to do. And if you take a snapshot of that play right when Zeke gets the ball, you are scared. Oh, yeah. Jarwin's in his freaking, I don't know if it's Jarwin or Schultz, but one of them is pushed into Zeke completely. There's nowhere to go. The, the line gets no push, and Zeke finds a way to get the 36 inches needed, and first down Cowboys 
we win the game. And all the credit in the world to Zeke on that play because that play was going nowhere, and he made it happen, and he made Garrett look good. And thank you, Zeke. Yeah, Zeke's the man. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, 28 carries, 113 yards, averaged four yards a carry, 12 catches for 79 yards. And I think over the last month of the season, you know, we, we talked all offseason about, hey, Ezekiel Elliott getting him involved more in the passing game, like you see Todd Gurley get you know involved, like you see some of these other elite running backs get the football out of the backfield. Zeke's had the ball a lot now as a check down option, and Dak still probably needs to check it down to him. Rod Smith, the tight ends. I mean, he needs to get the ball out a little bit quicker sometimes. Uh, but Zeke, I mean, they are they are really force feeding him any and every way they can, and I love it. And I'll tell you what, if you go into Indianapolis and you beat the Colts on Sunday and you lock up the division, fine. Go ahead and give Zeke some some rest because he's earned it. But until then, I'm still feeding the beast, man. I I don't you you run all the tread off those tires. You don't take a running back fourth overall and not just juice every single ounce of goodness out of that body that you can get. And that dude clearly got dinged up on that call where he lowered the helmet. Got called for it. Um, the The officiating was piss poor in this football game on Oof. both sides. I, I mean, absolutely it's terrible a trend for your games. absolutely terrible officiating. And normally, I, I will say, and you know, people can say I'm biased, but if you watch Cowboy games, I don't think I am. The Cowboys get screwed a lot by terrible officiating. In this game, the Eagles probably should have gotten that fumble in the opening kickoff. Definitely, and the offensive pass interference call that took away the Goddard touchdown terrible. was an absolutely terrible call. Amen. Absolutely terrible. Proud call. of you for admitting that. Now the Randy Gregory roughing low the passer, hit. that was bull crap. See, with the I, way I the get rule the fact is, that he, he went low, but the but how he did it to me was different than what the rule describes. I hear you. You know I what mean, I'm saying? It, he was left with no choice. I mean, it, I feel like he, how are you supposed to get a sack in exactly, that scenario? Exactly. He has to. He wrapped not around try to the legs. The like it, it yeah. wasn't where Carson Wentz is susceptible to any lower body injury with the way that that tackle was made. Yeah, yeah, but I still think just by the way that rule's written, I can still get it because I've seen plenty this year where it's not it's not guy coming in hard, you know, at the knee, but it's still just low. He's in that area, he's reaching for it low, and they call it. So it's, it's frustrating. I understand. I'd be frustrated, no question, but I've seen that get called. I'd be more – it's more egregious – for the for the Philly fumble or the Cowboys fumble that Philly did recover in the opening kickoff, that's more egregious. The offensive pass interference by Goddard or whatever, that's also more egregious. But I hear you. The overall, the ref the refing in that game was was really 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 bad. It was terrible. It was terrible, and the Cowboys found a way to pull it out, uh, and that's really all that matters. Twenty nine twenty three in overtime. Over the Eagles, a game, again, much like the first one. I don't get how there's so little offense for three quarters of this football game. Going into the fourth quarter, it is to 9-6 Dallas. It is nothing Dallas, thanks to a 62-yard franchise record long field goal by Brett Maher. And everybody who bet the under is feeling fantastic. Heading into the fourth oh, yeah. quarter, baby, we got a total of like 14 points on the board. And then the explosion takes place. And then there's literally 32 points scored in the fourth quarter between the two teams combined. Boom. It's unbelievable. And then you don't even include overtime, where the Cowboys had the drive of drives. No Zach Martin. Zeke's banged up. Your offense is really banged up. 
The line, I mean, Tyron Smith is not 100%. With a knee brace on his elbow. Suofilo's in and out. Of, I mean, it, it's just Connor Williams is having to come into the game, and you're moving the football. You take eight minutes off the clock. You get all the way down there. You go for the fourth and one, and you're right, man. Jason Garrett deserves a lot of praise for that. Zeke bailed him out. Zeke did that, no doubt, but just to go for it on that fourth and one, working the game, it just didn't really... I'm thinking, like, I just didn't think twice about it. When I went back and rewatched it, and you can see, like, where you are in the football field, how much time's left, really, like, what, how long a yard that was. I mean, that was a gutsy call. Think if the Cowboys don't get that, and the Eagles go right down the field, kick the field goal, and you win. I mean... Jason Garrett's getting castrated today. No question, but uh, but I I appreciate Garrett. Whenever, yeah, after the game. Not, um, I appreciate him not playing to tie like we've seen him do. I love it. It was great. And you know what? I saw a stat on Twitter that over the last two years, uh, people always talk about Doug Peterson and his aggressive approach. I think him and Garrett had, it was like maybe one time difference between going forward on fourth down. Garrett's oh, gone wow. for it just as many times. Gotcha. So, you know, Garrett does get undervalued in certain areas. Certainly, still, the jury's out on Jason Garrett uh, in terms of where is he as a good head coach. He's 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 not a bad head coach. Uh, you know, you don't have as many wins as Jason Garrett's had the last few years. You know, he puts a relatively consistent product on the football field, but certainly uh, you're going to need to make a change. At offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think the offensive coordinator is more of a pressing issue. If you, if Garrett just becomes sort of the CEO of the team, spokesperson for the team, the face of the team, sort of monitoring everything but not directly involved in the play calling and that sort of deal, then I think things can be things can be okay. I hope so. But a lot of Cowboys fans don't hope so, and they want Garrett – to be gone no matter And I can understand what. that. I absolutely understand I get it, it. but no I'll question. tell you what, he's not He's not going anywhere. It's no, not happening no, this offseason. No, it's not, because you're about to make the playoffs. You're not firing And Cowboy fans need to just, the, the fans out there that are not excited about what's going on because they want Jason Garrett fired are dumb fans. They're not good fans. The Cowboys are 8-5 and five and one win away from the playoffs. This team doesn't make the playoffs every year anymore, okay? Enjoy it. Celebrate it. You've won five in a row. Let's get behind this team and let's root for the best. Look at what the Bears just did to the Rams. Look what the Cowboys did to the Saints two weeks ago. This team can beat anybody in the NFL any given Sunday. Look at the Dolphins did to the Patriots. Let's go, baby. Atlanta, here we come. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. Yeah. Takes on. The fucking Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and they turn it into AT&T. It is a party. They've already won there once. Let's do it again. Fuck you, Arthur Blank. It's Jerry World, bitch. Yeah, it is. Big game this Sunday against the Colts. Certainly not a, uh, a gimme. Colts are playing good football right now. I don't, I don't even know what to think about that game. <laughs> Andrew Luck's a heck of a quarterback. You know the defense is going to travel. You know the defense is showing up. But golly, they got to get that red zone offense fixed. A lot of love and respect for uh, all the Texans and uh, Houston as as a whole. Uh, but look ahead to Dallas, and uh, everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> uh, I love books. So, what are you thinking about this game? By the way, uh, the the playbooks my uh, my favorite book. Just full record. Just to clarify, 
love football. Thank you, Andrew. Love my team, Rich. Love you too, bud. And uh, I'm Andrew Luck. Go Colts. Oh, I love when Andrew Luck makes an appearance on the show. Gosh, I just wish you wouldn't slander me all the time. I don't know what you did to piss what him off, hell? but he really hates you. You can't even put in a good word for me. Like It's worse than the hate that Football Yoda had for me. Yeah. It's bad. No, that's fair. But I think Football Yoda had a good reason to hate you. Andrew Luck just comes in here and he shits on What me. did I do to Football Yoda? You were disrespectful. I, I mean, was you were. a little bit. I mean, yeah. you you really, you you reamed him out on the show. Yeah, I did. And the fans heard it. I'm like, bro, do that behind closed doors. Yeah, you're right. I did, it, I did it in public. I'm sorry. Now, I don't even know if you really apologized to him. I didn't, and that's why he hasn't come back. But at this point, I'm so far in, my ego's taking control. No, and I'm, I get that. I get that. But Andrew, I, I, don't, I don't really know. We'll have to figure out why the hell he just can't stand me. Well, what do you think he's going to win this week against my boys? I think that... the. I mean, I thought the Cowboys were due for the L this week. I thought the world jumping on their back on their bandwagon saying Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys when it was going to make the Cowboys lose in some way. Um, I think the Colts halted the nine-game winning streak of the of the Texans. I think they halt the five-game winning streak of the Dallas football Cowboys. Oh, no way. It's a road game, and the Cowboys don't need it. The Colts seemingly need this game. Andrew Luck playing on fire. I think it's a great game. Dallas is not the kind of team that can get blown out. Ball bounce one way or the other. You guys lose by a field goal. So be it. You're still in the driver's seat. Yeah, you're right. They can they can afford to drop one, but still. Uh, and the Colts are a good team. It's not a they shame are, they to are lose to the Colts. Not on the road. Andrew Luck, comeback player of the year. No doubt. But I still, I don't know. I got a, I got a good feeling right now. I think the defense is just going to dominate. I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a coin flip game. I don't know what the line is on it. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, Three point game because yeah. they're at home, so it's pretty much an even, pretty much a pick 'em, pretty much a pick 'em game. Um, but I just, just yeah, unless Ty Hilton, you know, balls out again. I mean, I, I thought the Houston matchup was kind of tough for him. The Texans have a great defense, but yeah. he just destroyed them. Uh, if he has that kind of same success against the boys' secondary, whether it's Byron or Cheeto, then Indy's got a shot. I just don't think they'll be able to run the football well. Yeah, and, that's what Andrew's it comes down also to me. prone to turning the ball over. If you got, if it just depends on how their offensive line holds up. Yeah, they've been. That's really been the story for the Colts this year. Is Luck's not been hit near as much as he's used to in the past. But the Cowboys' D line, we know about those. guys. And you could get Sean Lee back. And you could get Sean Lee back. Absolutely. So I, I, I'm only picking the Colts to win this game because they're at home. They're playing well. They need it more than the Cowboys. And at some point, the Cowboys have to lose. So yeah, not? you're you're picking the more desperate team, and you know what? That's usually a smart bet. I just I can't. I'm so biased. I can't pick against the Cowboys. I don't have a great feeling, but uh, I think the Cowboys have a good shot to go in there and beat Indy. I hear you. I mean, I really think the only thing that Indy has better is the quarterback. But I would take the Cowboys' defense. I would take the Cowboys' running game. No doubt. So even without Zach Martin, <sighs> even because I don't Zach think Martin. I don't think Zach's playing. I really don't. Okay. Well, it's the MCL, right? For yeah, the I, think he's, I think he's probably going to sit out a week. And I think he should. I, I think he this should, This is too. not a game that he has to play. No, I, I think, I think him you, need him, you need him healthy. Needs. Yeah. Absolutely. And now, unfortunately, you got to put a pussy in there uh, when Zach Martin's well, you out. Well, he didn't play too badly when he came in in relief. Someone made a great observation to me. Uh, you know, Connor Williams doesn't fart, but he And that's Cowboys conversation. <laughs> On that note, we are the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo. Go bleeping Cowboys.
go to Indy and get that victory. This has been another edition of Cowboys Conversation. Excellent! Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Enjoy another great week of football. And go Mean Green on Saturday, baby. You beat Utah State. Peace. Everything's bigger in Texas.